I'm your host, Lee W. Johnson, and welcome to my podcast, where I talk about all things related to magic, witchcraft, demonolatry, and a whole load of other related things. If you would like to find out more about me, get in touch with me, or hire me for a service, please go to my website, leewjohnson.com, or check out my link tree in the description of this podcast. Welcome to this month's book review. Alright, so I was asked um, to give a book recommendation for basically working with energy, breath work, and things like that. And quite honestly, the best book I can think of is the one I wrote, which is The Black Crow. So that's what I want, the one I want to talk about today. Um, but, you know, these kind of go hand in hand, so I just wanted to show you both to begin with. The Reality of Things is the first book I wrote. This was um, kind of originally created for beginners to find a path. So it goes into various things uh, regarding magic and different traditions um, and paths and such. Um, it discusses uh, various concepts um, in the beginning, which is about creation time, things like that. Um, perception shifts, abracadabra, the power within five points is about the pentagram, um, six points is about the hexagram, so we examine those from different perspectives. Um, centers and cauldrons is very much in regards to the, um, the cauldrons of posy, so druidic, celtic, stuff like that. And then we have a, a brief look at some um, circle casting creations. We have a look at the Wiccan circle. We have a look at the LBRP and then the traditional compass round. So you've got your ceremonial magic, your Wiccan or your neo-pagan and then your traditional. So it's a brief look. Um, the witch's foot, which is traditional witchcraft. Uh, and then just some, some extra bits, examination of the words uh, Wicca, witch and pagan. Um, having a look at Satanism and left-hand path, the Gwashik spirits. So, thought forms, um, you know, spirit guys, the fetch. So, all of very various concepts from different perspectives. Um, and as I said, we kind of go through uh, neo-paganism, traditional witchcraft, ceremonial magic, and examine things from, from these different perspectives. And the idea was that whatever the reader is drawn to whatever path the reader is drawn to as they're going through these various um, or, 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 uh, perspectives would then be kind of a starting point, a break-off point to go and examine um, a path that they actually enjoy. So that's what this book was about. Then following on from that was The Black Crow. So The Black Crow if I just go to the back here, uh, the first stage in spiritual alchemy is represented by the black crow. It's uh, Negretto. Uh, it's um, representative of the awakening, the sleeping man. So this book itself goes through a lot of different rituals, um, but it builds on itself. It's kind of a course book, really, um, but it it really does focus on 
the idea of stillness, bringing stillness um, into our practice, into our lives, um, through meditation, through various um, workings and acts which we can do um, to bring that stillness, to quiet the mind, so that we can then uh, move forward with power. Um, but it goes into various rituals, a star ruby from Crowley, uh, goes into an active meditation, which is what I was um, taught in practical Kabbalah. Um, moving meditation is about walking and using meditation whilst you are, are, are actually in motion, uh, walking, doing qigong and things like that. We then go into breathing exercises um, and then we have a look at the Kabbalistic cross and the Kabbalistic sacred space. This is an examination of the basically the Kabbalistic cross which you find with the LBRP and the LBRP but this is a method I was taught in practical Kabbalah and um, I found it a lot more powerful or a lot more filled with energy um, and I'm going to say powerful it feels more powerful to me anyway than the L LBRP itself um, we go into concentration exercises we have a look at um, some various concepts again as well oaths and bonds um, we go into visualization exercises, we have a look at the concept of initiation and the beginning of paths. And then we go into sigil magic, so it's an um, introduction into how to actually use magic, how to use these concepts of bringing yourself into stillness, the, the various meditation methods and the breathing exercises you can then bring into magic. So we have a look at sigil magic and working with sigils. It's how to create them and actually work with them, how to activate them and such. Then we have a look at the concept of the soul uh, from various different perspectives. Uh, we then go into protection exercises, um, self-creation and suggested practice outline, which is kind of giving you an outline. Let's actually go, go there. Um, Uh, exercise outline so it kind of gives you an idea of what to practice for what period of time so you know you, you get you practice one thing for a month or two months just to get a good idea a good foundation in that practice itself um, going into the practicing practicing the complete breath from the breathing chapter um, and then going to the exercise of concentration and visualization so it kind of builds on itself, gives you that outline, the actual exercise of the exercises themselves. Um, so yeah, this I found was very um, good in terms of doing energy work and um, uh, doing breathing exercises. The protection itself, I go into a variety of different things. What is interesting is this uh, Kanya from practical Kabbalah it's um, it's a you basically repeat each line each line refers to a different level of the of the self of the soul soul parts and you kind of circle it down into your center and it, eventually what happens is as you keep repeating this these phrases over and over again they kind of keep circling down into your center and they create their own momentum. It's a bit like mantra yoga in that regard, um, but it's a very potent, powerful method of protection. Uh, something else I was going to show you just now, now I've forgotten. 
Um, the soul part, we go into the various parts of the soul in regards to um, the, the 11 parts of the heathen perspective. And we have a look at the um, Ruach, the Nefesh, and the Neshama of the Kabbalistic. Um, so it really is, again, an examination of different concepts from different perspectives. Um, this is the how to create the sigil or working with the sigil. It has an examination of um, older methods of um, what we may have may consider as sigil creation. Um, let's have a look. Uh, on initiation, it also has a, a look at shamanic death. Um, and then the exercise visualization exercises, which you can do uh, an examination of the oaths and bonds, which is tying your your um, will into the the well of weird. Uh, so you know oaths and bonds, promises and things you should take very seriously. Um, concentration exercises. I'm going backwards through the book. I know um, this is the Kabbalistic sacred space. And what we do, we there is a an examination of the vowels that are used um, to make up the ineffable name Yotevave, um, which is E L O E, um, and how that's um, used in order to create sacred space. Um, you know, it goes a little bit further as well uh, after you've created the sacred space. And this is very much, again, in regards to a relationship with the LBRP. Um, you know, you end with, um, in the name of the, uh, well, you end with the Hebrew, but in translation, it's in, in the name of Infinite One, power of God wrestler, before me Raphael, and behind me Javriel, to my left Michael, and to my right Uriel, and above my head is the feminine presence of the power. So very much, very similar to the LBRP, where... Uh, before me, Raphael, behind me, Javriel, to my left, Michael, to my right, Oriel, um, uh, depending on which hemisphere you're in. Um, around me, flames pentagram, within the column shines the six-rate six star. So, you know, very much, very, very similar to that. But I go a bit further then and um, have a look at, um, once you've created the sacred space, you then need to define the working space. And this is a, a Hine Ni chant, uh, which you stomp in a circle. Um, and this comes very much from uh, Rabbi Kush, Gershon Winkler's book. I have forgotten the name now. I thought it might be in here. It's probably in here somewhere. I'm sure I mentioned it. Because all the sources of, of things are found within the chapters, not at the end of the book. Um, Anyway, it's in there somewhere. I remember it being there. Okay, so um, the crossing ritual itself, the Kabbalistic cross, um, what I've done is I have um, kind of given it from the perspective of how it's done in the Kabbalistic, on, in the LBRP. Um, but the method I was taught also employs the shadow body and the cosmic cross. So it examines those and how that's actually formed into the Kabbalistic cross. Um, so yeah, breathing exercises. Uh, well, this isn't really exercises, it's just about breathing. 
um, simple, basic, straightforward breathing, and it, it gives you the complete breath, which is I find quite important. Um, but what I've also done, you'll find that there are um, smaller books which extend from this one. I was going to rewrite this whole book, but as I was doing it, it was becoming so large that it, it would have been impractical. So what I did, I extracted, um, for instance, going back to the chapter, the contents, um, I've extract, extracted stillness, meditation, moving meditation, and breathing, and put that into a book and then extended it. So with the breathing, for instance, there's an eight-week program um, just on breathing techniques and breathing exercises. Um, so that extends on that. Then what I've also done, I took um, all the various, the Star Ruby, uh, the Kabbalistic Cross, and also the um, LBRP, and I extended that again. I added in um, some Chaos Magic there, and a... a, a um, a banishing rite that I actually created which is at the end of that book and again put that into a smaller book um, so they're kind of um, extensions of it's the extended series of this book itself so you know this is a great book to have because it has all the various things in it um, which you can work through um, and then if you want to examine meditation and breathwork further, then you've got the extended book, uh, which is the, the meditation and, and breathwork one is $2.50. Um, it's a very, it's a short book. Um, but obviously, as I said, you know, that then repeats some of these chapters, but also extends on it, gives more information, gives you a whole eight week program of breathing, which isn't in this book. Um, so yes, that's the black crow. Um, if you like that, it's available in paperback like this on my Lulu store, and it's also available as an ebook on my website, um, which you can purchase and download immediately. You'll also find the ebooks on Scribed if you are a um, Scribed um, subscriber, Scribed member. I think it's member. I think that's what we call it. Scribed member. Um, you'll find my books on there. Just have a look for Lee Red Oak Johnson Inscribed, and you should find my page. All my all my books are in there. Um, the extended books from this one, the uh, Meditation and Breathwork and the Banishing Rites, are not in paperback. They're only in ebook because they're so short. Um, it was impractical to um, make them into a paperback book. All right, so. I've put all the links in the description below to my website where you can find The Black Crow and you will obviously find the other books there as well. Welcome to the Ask Lee segment of my channel. And if you have any questions regarding magic, spirituality, witchcraft, demonolatry, the occult, whatever it may be, then all you have to do is drop it into the comments of any of the Ask Lee videos, and I will add it to the queue. And I do these every Wednesday, so just look out for your questions. Okay, before we get started, uh, just a quick announcement. This coming Sunday, 
at 3 p.m. GMT or UCT um, time zone. I will be doing the Covenstead live stream uh, on this channel. Uh, it is scheduled, so you should be able to find it uh, somewhere on my my homepage on the YouTube channel, um, and you can um, just hit it, hit the the reminder bell, and then it should send you an email as soon as we start the live. Um, that's just going to be a, a general get together. There's nothing specific planned. Um, there's no topics that I want to discuss. It's really just get together, hang out. Uh, if you've got any questions, you can ask them in the chat. If you want to just come along and say hello or just chat about anything really, um, it's really just a, a hangout. Um, so as I said, no specific topic in mind. Um, so just whatever comes up, comes up. So. Unless you want to watch me just staring at the screen for an hour, <laughs> come along into the chat and ask some questions, um, make some comments, start a discussion, and uh, it could be quite interesting. But uh, whether it continues or not, I don't know. We'll see how that goes and then go, go on from there. All right. So um, the First of all, there's a few questions from at RCBM, so I'm going to go through those today. Alright, so the first one is, Hi Lee, what's your opinion on witchcraft spells? Some say only the intent is, is important, as herbs, crystals, etc. are important only to convince your mind that you are actually doing a spell. And if you are mentally strong enough, you can do spells without any items. Others say that herbs and other things actually will make a spell necessary or fail. And when it comes to herbs, crystals and other items, do they truly have a specific energy that it's useful for a specific thing? Or is it just us trying to think that and then again trying to trick our mind into doing the job? Many thanks. Alright, so this is going to... Um, well... I would say largely depend on whether you have an animistic view or not. Um, but it's not wholly the reason. Um, I say that because in an animistic worldview, uh, we believe that everything has a spirit. So every plant has a spirit, every rock has a spirit, um, every item, whether it's um, you know in your house, outside, in, in the garden, wherever it is, every single item has a spirit. So when we're working with something, we are working with the spirit and the spirit comes along with a particular vibration or energy. And therefore, when we're working with it, we work with that energy and that vibration. So we, you know, when we're, when we're doing witchcraft spells, when we're doing uh, magic of any particular kind relating to that, um, whether it's healing or whatever it is, um, we are usually working with the energy of the item. So if you're working with crystals, you're working with a particular energy of the crystal. And from an animistic point of view, you are therefore working with the spirit of the crystal. Um, if you are working with herbs and doing root work, uh, you're working with the spirit of the plant. Um, and, you know, even for somebody who, who doesn't follow an animistic worldview, some of this, you know, comes into into play. Um, working with herbs and roots and things, they'll probably be working with with this, with the spirit of the plant. 
Um, they may then move on to working with crystals and not believe that the crystal has a, a spirit, but it has a particular vibrational energy. So, you know, they would be working with that energy itself. Um, is it all about intent? No. We do hear this a lot lately that magic is all about intent. It's not. Um, it's got a lot more to do uh, with it. If it was all about intent, then every single person on the planet who has ever intended to be rich will be rich, and that will include everybody, every single human being, um, maybe barring um, uh, Buddhists and such. But you know, this, is, this is why magic is not just about intent. You don't just think something and, and it, it manifests. Um, it has to do with will, with desire, with passion, with emotions. Um, you know, we can have an intention to do something, um, but if we do not have the will, the desire, the drive to push that energy forward, even to build it up and then throw it forward, nothing's going to happen. All we're going to do is just think about it. Um, obviously, you know, when we talk about advancement in magic and witchcraft, um, when you become adept, you have to start um, watching your thoughts because as you become more adept, um, thoughts can manifest instantly um, because we have practiced, we have studied, we have gotten to the point where, you know, that whole doing a spell working where you have to build up the energy and project it and et cetera, et cetera, can get to a point where it's just an instantaneous thing. So you do have to start watching your thoughts when you become adept um, because there are some things we think about that we do not want to uh, manifest. So, uh, but even when you become adept, there's no reason why you cannot work with items, uh, with tools. Traditional witchcraft is very much, very much based in, in physical tools, in, in working with your items, working with the spirit of those items. Because, you know, if you have a wand or you have a stang or whatever tool you, you have in your toolkit, um, there's a spirit attached to it. And that spirit is quite often, in that case, a familiar. So, you know, we, we work within the spirit model a lot in witchcraft. Some people don't. Some people do not work with a spirit model at all. And that's fine. Um, you know, you may just work with energy uh, or psychology or whichever model. I am going to do um, the, the, the episode on in the Paths series next week, Monday, about um, the different models, uh, models of magic from Frota UD. So that might explain a bit more with the whole uh, spirit model versus the energy model versus psychology model, etc., etc., etc. So, but you know, everybody works differently. Um, everybody has a different worldview. When it comes to working with items, it may be that their worldview is that they are working with the vibrational energy. Some may feel that they are working with the spirit of the item, and that's all perfectly valid. Um, do you need to work with the items? No. Uh, one of the first things I ever learned was that um, a good magician can sit in the middle of the desert naked with no paraphernalia and do powerful magic. And that's true. Um, does it mean that you do not need the tools? You don't need the tools, but 
you might want to work with the tools um, because you know even if you can do the magic there's no harm in adding extra energy to the working itself so when you're working with the spirits of things you are adding more energy you are also when you're working with the spirit of a thing um, whether it be an item or whether it be a god or goddess, goddess uh, any kind of spirit um, what you're also doing is you are aligning your own vibrational state to the vibrational state of the entity so if you are working specifically or with a specific plant spirit you will be bringing your own frequency into alignment with the frequency of the plant spirit um, in order to vibrate at the same level in order to get a particular work done so you know the spirits can help bring you into that vibrational state that you need to be in um, they can also add to the energy that you're doing for the working so you know very good to work with with the items um, in some traditions it's a necessity and you know you want to work with the items in some traditions because as I said there are specific spirits and quite often familiars attached to the items so you want to work with them because they're kind of like um, your workmates um, your your coven members um, even if you are a solo practitioner if you are working with items which have spirits or familiars attached to them that becomes your coven so you know there's, there's a whole load of ways we can have a look at this but that's kind of basically it um all right so let's go on to the next question that's if i can get my tablet to work properly um here we go also from rcbm hi lee again another question for you so uh, what do you recommend when things are the way you want them and don't really need to do any spell or anything specific uh, should we figure something out and do some spells anyway regularly just to keep the practice of it going or just do them when actually needed? Uh, I give offerings daily, every day to a specific demon, uh, communicate with them often as well, read a lot about witchcraft, etc. I meditate daily. Is that enough to keep your practice going or, or regular spells? And actually doing stuff regularly is important even when not needed. Thanks. Okay. Very important question, actually, and a very good question. Um, and this actually usually comes up in uh, money magic. Because um, what we find there is we often do spell workings for emergency money. Uh, you may have a bad month, maybe your car broke down and it costs a lot of money and now you can't pay the rent or something like that and you need some emergency money, you need a quick fix. Um, and that's not really the way to go about it. What you should be doing is causing everything to flow on a constant basis. So even when things are going well, you still want that, that energy of goodness, of abundance, of everything to keep flowing in that way. You don't want it to kind of, you know, you do a spell work and you're up here. And then all of a sudden it all comes down and you've got to do another spell work and it comes up here and then it's all the way down again. What you want to do is do spell work to get you up here and keep you up here. So once you're up here, keep the flow going, you know, keep it going. And, and so you don't come down. Don't you going to have moments when you're going to go up and down, but that's natural. That's normal. Um, but that's the, the goal is to keep that energy flow up here, up, up at the top and don't let it come down again. Try not to. Um, but it's keeping the flow going. So 
even when things are going good, you still need to keep working magic. You still need to keep doing the daily meditations and the daily practices, the offerings, the banishings, all everything that you're doing. Especially as you, as you mentioned, you know, working with the demons, speaking to them, um, giving the offerings, doing your daily meditations, etc. Those are very very important, and not just to keep that flow of energy in the good state, in the good bracket but also to keep your own vibrational state high so that you don't get attacked by astral parasites. Because if you stop doing the practice, your own energy starts to dip and it goes down into the lower vibrations. And then when you're in the lower vibrations, you're, you're, you're in the, the realm of the astral parasites. So you want to keep your vibrational state high through the meditation, the daily practice and everything else. So yes, very important to keep going and keep the flow constant rather than doing something sporadically and it, you know, the, the energy levels just go up and down, up and down, up and down. Um, keep the energy flow going and at that vibrational level that you want it to be at. Okay. All right. That was a quick one. Uh, I think this is the last question from RCBM. Hi Lee, I have another question for you. I give regular offerings to different demons. Um, I heard some people just make the offering and that's it, without actually calling the demon, just as a sign or, or of respect, etc. I do like to call upon demons when making them offerings until I feel they are present. The problem is most times I don't have a question to ask them as I call upon them often. So most times, I just ask them to share their message with me if they have any. Most of the times things are coming through. Um, I can feel pressure surrounding me. My skin tingles in places. Sometimes I feel mild temperature changes. And then when I ask for a message, voices will come that I can hear in my head. Things of encouragement, for example, or things I should do to have a good life, etc. Hopefully, I am truly communicating and not just imagining the whole thing. Um, I just want to stop there and say, I don't think you are imagining the whole thing. If you are feeling temperature changes, you are feeling tingling of the skin, those are physical manifestations. And those are good signs that you it's, re it's really doing what it's supposed to be doing. Um, is this okay? Or the demons will think I'm a bit of a pain in in the you-know-where uh, for calling them often, but not really asking them many questions or things, many, many things. Um, okay. They wouldn't, I don't think they would, they would consider you, you to be a pain in the you-know-what. Um, again, coming back to how we view relationships with people the same way we would with, with spirits. Um, you know, you call your friends up every now and again and you say, hi, how are you doing? Um, and you've got that one or maybe two friends that you speak to every single day and you might not have anything important to talk about, but you just stay in contact. You just talk to them. You just tell them what's going on and the, you bitch about things and everything else. Same thing, really. Um, so, you know, some people, it depends on on what the person's been doing. Um, I, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll sometimes sit down with an offering and I'll chat to the spirits. Other times I may just put the offering down 
on the altar because the altar is the place where I built up a particular connection. So when I put an offering down on the altar, um, that connection's already been, been made. Um, so I don't feel there is a need to sit down and do an, do an invocation and things like that every single time. It may just be a case of just refreshing an offering because there's, there's always a constant um, offering on the altar, uh, whether it's just water or whether it's something more specific. Um, but there is that constant offering. So it's a refreshing of the offering. The connection with the spirits already made with the altar, almost like a, I'm going to call it a nexus point. Um, so there's no need to do an invocation every single time. Um, although I kind of do because I do my morning practice when I do my, when I refresh the offering, um, which involves saying good morning to them, um, doing a meditation and then sharing some water with them. Um, so in a way I am kind of doing that invocation, but, uh, it's not, sit down and do a full invocation, you know, chanting the end and pulling the energy in around me and etc. etc. It is just making that connection with them on the altar. Um uh, I'm just gonna have a look at the question again so I think I've lost something. Oh yeah, no they won't they won't I don't think they will, will think of you as being a pain in the arse. Um even if you are sitting down with, with the demons every single day, you are giving them offerings, you are invoking them, and you are just talking to them. You've got nothing to ask them or ask for. Um, you're just talking to them. You, you can tell them what your day has been like, um, the, the challenges you've faced. Um, you know, and as you're talking, what might happen is you may think of something that you could maybe ask them for help with, um, you know, maybe you are talking about a particular challenge at work. Um, it's not really something you need help with, but there may be something small you can tweak here and there. So, and it may not even be help from them. It may just be asking for advice on what to do, how to guide you. Um, you know, I often do this type of thing with, with the ancestors, um, rather than the demonic spirits or, the gods and goddesses. Um, it's just talk to them and ask for advice on particular matters. Um, but yeah, no, it's just it's just a case of getting in contact and having a chat, really. Um, and maybe they want to tell you about their day. It's not time doesn't work exactly the same way, so it may be a bit different. But you know, maybe they want to talk about how you know this particular spirit pissed them off. Who knows? You don't know until you have actually sit down and chat with them. Um, so yeah, I see. I don't see anything wrong with that at, at all. Um, you're good to go. Carry on doing that. That's fantastic. All right. So that is it for today. I just want to double check. There wasn't another one. No. Next one is from Jake Colt nine seven eight three. So I'll do that one next week. Okay. Have a good one, and I'll see you then. And don't forget, Sunday, 3 p.m. GMT or UCT, um, live stream on this channel. It is already scheduled, so you can hit the reminder to uh, remind you when we start. Okay, have a good one until then. Cheers for that. Bye-bye.
This podcast was brought to you by, well, myself, Lee W. Johnson. To find out more about me, please visit my website at leewjohnson.com or check out my link tree in the description of this podcast. If you like the video format, then subscribe to my YouTube channel. That's me for this week. Hope to hear from you soon. Thanks for listening.